It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. Where our discussions are based in evidence. And we try to maintain our relevance. But two drinks in, and we try not to lose our. It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. The slightly crunchy mom cast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the slightly crunchy mom cast. This is a podcast with research based parenting information from a real world perspective of two moms just trying not to lose their shit. Hey, do you like our podcast? Take a moment, let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us out and hopefully help others find us too, whether they want to or not. Now let's get to it. Today is episode 44 and we're talking about birth order. I'm Brittany. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapy therapist. Maybe. There Maybe I am. Who knows? Who knows anymore? Who knew? It's who knows? just having a... Oh, what's the the, the phrase? The uh, existential? No, ex- it's more of an existential crisis that I'm having today. Anyways, oh, uh, that's not where I thought you were going to take it, but yeah, all right. <laughs> and a licensed clinical addiction specialist. I'm Whitney, and I'm a nurse, and I'm just now slowly getting my brain back together yeah. after the almost two weeks of just hospital hell. Hospital hell. Oh God! It sounds so like my being job. Like a patient. I know it's so different. <laughs> I wasn't a patient, but it's just so different being on the other side of it than being the nurse in it. Yeah. How you doing? How's good. your dad? He's doing good. He's home. He just got home. Oh yeah, Slicky Ricky. I know. He's so happy. He was getting real grumpy there at the end, and so I was like, you know, you're feeling better when you're being grumpy. He's like, well, I just don't like. Being micromanaged. I was like, mm. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I was like, it's time to get you on home to your buddies. Oh yeah, <laughs> get on to the house. Let Jamie. Yep, and he's doing good. So I really can't complain. I'm pretty happy. Mom is all recovered from her COVID. Good. Yeah, uh, recovered nicely. Look at that. And every time we bring up Dad too, she's like, "Well, you also remember I had COVID." Oh yeah, well, you know, <laughs> is she a story topper. Uh, no, she's not a story topper, but she will want the equal amount of attention. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, we are. like, you know, she just, she just wants to remind everyone that she too was sick. Yeah. I was like, not as bad, but yeah, all right, you were sick at the same time. No. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm she glad was the youngest. Hear. She was the youngest of, I believe, five. Oh, wow. So we're going to learn all about what that means. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to our... Look at that segue. Man. Do you like that? It's almost mm-hmm. like you got a little skill set here, Whitney. Thank you. My dad was the oldest, which we're going to learn about being married when you're the same or a different birth order, yeah. how that can affect your marriage. Okay, well, I also have a unique thing about my birth order, too, because I'm the youngest, but uh, my brother is 10 years older than me, same parents and everything. So it's almost like I was the only child. <laughs> Yep, it does reset. In they do say that. Many ways. So, anyways, what we is are. Michael? What, is he he's the, the oldest. Or? He's the oldest of three, yep. And you're the youngest. I am the younger sibling, and my husband is the older sibling. How about that? Same Z's. So that will play. 
Yeah, that'll play that'll play into what we talk about today. Yeah, so a couple episodes ago, we discussed uh, having an episode surrounding birth order when we were talking about sibling rivalry and how that may or may not um, impact things and kind of the culture and the rhythm of your family. Um, people make all kinds of decisions surrounding like you know, when they're going to have kids and then how how many years they're going to put between them. There's some people that do really quick, really fast. They're kind of in the trenches for a few years with the young kids. There's some kids, some people like myself who space them out a little bit more. And then, like I just mentioned, my parents who really space them the heck out with 10 years apart. Um, but we just thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about birth order and, and what that looks like. I remember when I was in graduate school, getting my uh my master's um those you know the quite quite like a few weeks in this one class where we talked about birth order and how that that impacts kind of family of origin and and how probably which some of the stuff Whitney's going to hit on is like how that impacts your relationships especially with your significant other as you uh progress throughout your life so um you know we'll see we'll see so what you got for us Whitney all right, well, first, I just took a sip of my beer and realized we forgot to oh, tell yes. what we're drinking. So I'm drinking a key lime pie from Prairie Artisan L's. It's very tart, but I like it. Tart. You like the tart beers. I do like the tart beers. Yeah. And Brittany's being boring. Well, Brittany is uh, 50% less fun this month because I decided I was going to do Sober September. Me and Michael and I are doing that. Um, so far, it sucks a lot. Sucks a lot. So... Basically, there's nothing to cheers because she's drinking water. Yeah. So. so. All right. So birth order. <laughs> <clears throat> the theory kind of came about by um, Alfred Alder, and he was born 1870 to 1937. So somewhere during <laughs> that time. And he believed that birth order of a group of siblings would determine individual personalities. So what he did is he looked at the position of the child and the family, what the family situation was, and what can because of that combination. So he would study all these children and kind of come up with these conclusions about different children in their birth order. What he came up with, so shockingly, birth order theory by this guy Alder, and what he determined was that only children receive full attention from their parents. Mm. So therefore, they can be overprotected. They sometimes will, the child will be spoiled because it'll be their only one. The child will um, prefer the, as they grow up, will prefer the company of an adult. They'll have difficulty sharing, but they tend to do better in school. They tend to be leaders. Actually, I read a study that 67% of our presidents have been only children. Or firstborn, wow. sorry. Only. Oh, that first, was only. Yeah. So that's firstborn. Mm -hmm. My bad. So only children. That's how they will grow up. Um, the oldest child, they must learn to share. They will have been an only child for a, a at set a time and then they had to have a child um the expectations on them are high usually we tell them that they need to set the example for the other one or they'll just feel that that's their job is to set the example they like authoritarian and strict approaches usually they like to have that kind of and they'll in turn do that as well as they get older they feel powerful and often require encouragement to be helpful and like i just said accidentally under only children 67 percent of presidents have been either um have been the oldest child so they tend to do well academically they tend to do well in school and i'll have a fun study later about another thing where they tend to make more money youngest children they tend to be spoiled everyone will spoil yeah. them 
They're the baby. They're the baby. And everyone tells them what to do and when to do it. And so this child grows up more quickly. Although I think some stuff now is realizing that 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 piece may not be true. They may not grow more quickly. They will tend to make these big plans and these big dreams and they never come true. So they tend to be our dreamers. They are just always told what to do, but they've also always had things for them. They also tend to be a bit more wild with their personalities and be tend to be a little bit like they're the dangerous ones. I don't know that the ones that are kind of a bit all over the place with their their safety. Whereas your first child is going to be more safety aware. Your second child is basically going to run in freeways to grab his teddy. <laughs> your middle child is kind of the one that's in the middle and so the oldest gets the responsibility the youngest one is spoiled and so the middle one is kind of there in the middle they're the cream of the oreo it's the best part i you know a lot of middle (laughs) children that i talked to hated being in the middle because they felt like they had no attention but research shows that like they tend to be the peacemakers they tend to learn they have they're socially very um adept they will sometimes have a black or white view on things. And according to Elder, and I didn't see this, they fight for social justice. So they're more likely to go out there and fight for social justice than like the youngest or the oldest yeah. child. So it's funny. It's funny you bring up Alfred Adler um, because I, so Whitney and I don't often talk in de- depth and detail about like our topics because we want it to be kind of off the cuff. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, relatively familiar with Adler. He is um, pretty prominent, one of the early kind of theorists in my field, field of psychology. He is known as the father of individual psychology. Uh, He actually was a colleague of Sigmund Freud at one time. This is how far back we're kicking it. But in the field of kind of early psychology and, and, you know, what we know today mainly is counseling and therapy, there's a lot of influential folks. Um, Things, people like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, that sort of thing. Um, Adler's among these guys. And so it's really interesting you bring him up um, because I actually didn't know he did. His kind of thing was the theory of birth order and all that. Yeah, that's when I was looking into it, his name kind of came up over and over again. We talk about birth order so much. I think you, you do it with your friends and your family and when you're thinking about having children it's like oh do we have the middle child Mm. do we do those kind of things and so it's always a fun topic to have because how much does birth order actually play into a child's personality and if I have a child that's spaced let's say five years apart is birth order really a thing do I have like let's say in your situation Brittany your kids are what six years apart yeah six and a half six and a half years apart Mm so is child is you know, at least really a, a an older child, and is Rhett really a younger child, or do you basically have, according to Alfred, um, do you have two kind of only like individual children? No, I th- I think I definitely got an older and a younger, and Elise very much enjoys being the older child, and it's it's funny because you talk about kind of spacing your kids, uh, and and how you decide to do that. I definitely see both sides. Like I see why people would want to do like the whole two under two under two type of thing just because you kind of get that um the early stages that are a lot of hard work out of the way um but i do think that there's definitely benefits to spacing them too at least in my situation uh because elise is really she everything you describe she very much embodies kind of the um 
older child birth order characteristics. But I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we're talking about birth order and personality. And for me, it's kind of like, where do you tease it out? Is it more of the birth order or is it more of the personality? Because, um, you know, I think about there's a lot of different theories of personality, too. You could go into this, but one of them is called the big five personality traits. So these are like, you know, five traits of a person and and each person has kind of a different amount of each of these traits and how they come together and one of the biggest uh of the one of the big five is conscientiousness which is uh can really be tied to kind of what you were saying responsibility and kind of being aware of being successful and doing the best thing and that sort of thing and being really kind of focused on you know, success and um, which you often see in an older child. But it's funny because I think, you know, you got different constellation of families and people would say, well, you know, my middle child or my younger child is more like that. But it's really funny because just yesterday, Elise lost her absolute goo because she left her book at school that she was supposed to read three chapters in that allows her to take her morning work comprehension comprehension check test or check whatever you want to call it and she was just like having a meltdown because she didn't have the book and she couldn't do the reading and therefore she couldn't do the test and stuff like that with Elise plays out all the time I mean she gets like a 90 on her spelling test and she gets upset about it and uh, I don't know how Rhett's gonna be but I can already sort of imagine that he's not really gonna care so much (laughs) Yeah. So is that personality or is that um, birth order, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, when dad was in the hospital, I, you know, are clearly are um, the roles that Brian and I have adapted to had to change. And Brian very much has got a big deadline coming up and he was working, but he had to take full reign on the kids. And Graham made a 67 on his spelling test, which he's never made anything less than 100 because he's good at spelling. And he got two zeros because Brian didn't fill out his reading log. <laughs> and, so, mm. and so I looked at the test and I was like, why haven't you here, Graham? And he was like, I mean, like, it's not, I've done worse. I was like, when? He was no, like, uh. yeah. I was like, okay, well, we'll just move past that. I had well, to literally email the teacher because she oh. thought she was going to be so angry at her. And then I had to read the response that the teacher said. I mean, it's it's just like a whole thing. But, you know, and I know you're probably going to get into this, but I am the youngest. Um I'm also very much like the only child because my brother moved out when he was 18 and I was eight. But I am highly conscientious. And I have always been that way. I'm very similar to how Elise is, uh, you know, how she, I was like that in school too. So what do you make of that? So is it personality or is it birth order? So back to what we were originally talking, according to the theory and according to the birth order theory when there is a five to six year gap between children the next child starts a quote-unquote new family and a new birth order so since you have two children that are greater than six years apart you will not see this theory play out oh hypothetically as i would (laughs) um because my children are closer together so that question always comes up it's like wait a second i am 10 years apart from my brother does this exactly play out? No, it doesn't. These, these, this theory and the birth order kind of idea comes into place when the children are within five years of each other. And so that's kind of that question always comes up. Um, so that's a good thing. Like, what are the different personalities? 
of each born. So the first born personalities tend to be well organized, they're serious, they're goal oriented, they're achieving, they're people pleasers, they believe in authority, they're perfectionist, reliable, and self reliant. Middle born tend to be, and these are generalizations, but this is just this theory, they tend to be mediators, compromising, diplomatic, they avoid conflict, the conflicts, they're independent, loyal to their free peers, have lots of friends, are unspoiled. And they also are found to be the most secretive of all birth orders. Oh, sneaky snake. The, the baby, or the last born, is manipulative. They can be charming. They can blame others. They're attention-seeking. They're tenacious. They have a lot of, they're tenacious. They're people-pleasing, natural salesmen, engaging, affectionate, and love surprises. I would say that even though I only have two children, that is probably my son to a T. <laughs> Love surprises, so affectionate. He is tenacious, <laughs> and he blames others. He loves attention. <laughs> He's charming as all. All get out. <laughs> hey, listen though, Elise loves to blame people. Ain't nothing that girl's fault. Nothing. I know today. Yeah, I mean, you know, today we're at the doctor's doing his well check, and he said there, and he's like. I, she's like, do you sleep well? And he was like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, I was like, why? And he was like, Graham is always keeping me out. And I was Graham. like, it's not both of you? And he's like, no, it's my brother. <laughs> like, uh, That's so right. funny. So, so, yeah. So, what, what, how does this play out as they age? Well, you know, as they age, what they found was that firstborns are more likely to make a hundred, at least a hundred thousand more annually than their siblings. Hot that damn. is my family. Hot damn. <laughs> Milk ticket. Milk ticket. Yeah. So your firstborn is going to be the ones that we're going to have to all go on to <laughs> and just go ahead. They're going to go ahead and be our little oh, whatever. Rhett's going to be like selling hemp bracelets on the beach. <laughs> 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 well, second-born children are known for going the opposite direction of the firstborn in the family. Absolutely, in my family. Whatever Graham does, Meyer is the opposite. Uh-huh. Uh, firstborns tend to score higher on IQ tests and get more education than their siblings. And they show a correlation between IQ and birth order. The more sibling one has, the lower the IQ for the bottom one. <laughs> you know, this is this is the classic nature versus nurture, right? I mean, is something so. happening to the gene pool here, or that first one just gets a lot of attention? I mean, look, I can speak to that. I when I was pregnant with Elise, man, I was like focused on eating the right things, you know, doing all the stuff, and then you know, I just I think I was trying. To to teach Elise her colors like you know really uh -huh. early on I have never even pointed out a color to Rhett at this point like I just oh, yeah. uh, you know and so it's funny it's like do I love him any less of course not but I mean I, it's also like you figure that that stuff's gonna work itself out eventually I mean you know he's well, gonna learn what a they, cow says by the time he's 14 it'll be fine hopefully I mean we're hoping <laughs> but you know they also say that firstborns get 3,000 more hours of quality time with their parents and um, their siblings yeah because there's no siblings Exactly. And no one else is driving you bonkers. <laughs> and you've just, even, they nap, and so then you get to nap. You're refreshed. So you're feeling good. And so, you've got two on one, right? you got the mom and dad to be able to help out. When you have two, you're running a man-to-man -man defense, and then you have three, got to go to a zone. And it's just a whole new level of fatigue. And when you go to four, you just basically are hoping they raise themselves. That's right. 
Yep. I mean, Haley, my friend Haley with the five, I mean, she literally just relies on the other kids to watch the other kids. I ran, I was at the park and uh, I saw and I looked up and I saw one of her kids and I was like, hey, I was like, where's your mom? And he points to the workout thing and he's like working out and the, the, the oldest one is in there watching all the kids in the playground yeah. while Haley's up there working out. I was like, that's how she has five kids. That's how she does it. The oldest one watches them. <laughs> you got to delegate. You remember? Did you ever? Did you ever watch that show like a long time ago? Or you know about that family, uh, the Duggars? Yeah. And they had like a thousand kids, and each of the kids they called chores like jurisdiction. They had, each of the kids had a jurisdiction of the house, so like no, you had to do I like the bathrooms, and it was just it was funny. They had a jurisdiction, so you had to. All do the, I remember about the Duggars is the ones in jail for the child pornography. Yeah, it didn't go well for that. That was not. <laughs> Hey, and he was the oldest, so he should have gotten all that attention, you know? Well, he did. I mean, apparently he had jurisdiction, so he's obviously <laughs> used to jail. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, what was interesting about it is when, this was my favorite part about doing this, is I was reading about how this plays out in marriage. Yes, go so on. one marriage counselor noted that the most competitive, vital, and discouraging marriages combinations were between firstborn. Or worse, only children. So when you marry two only children marry each other, or two firstborns marry each other, they saw that there was more competition. Vile, uh, I'm saying that wrong. Or vile, not violence, but there's just more vile. Volatile. 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 Yes, volatile. Okay. There you go. There it is. That, there that's a it is. Word. <laughs> um, very competition. They found that. A riskier marriage was marry someone in your own birth birth order. So if you're both middle child, they find that those are an increased risk for a riskier quote unquote marriage. And I they did not define riskier marriage by any means. This was just kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple where both children are last born are more likely to be in debt. <laughs> oh, because they're yeah they're living they're living <laughs> off high on the hog there, taking all the yes, risk. And, uh-huh. Blaming and other middle, people for their debt. <laughs> yep. And middle children are more likely to be monogamous. They're the most likely to be monogamous. Mm. And so they say the most successful marriages are those that are between people who are different birth orders. In particular, firstborn with lastborn. Oh, well, that's my scenario. And, and yours too. Yep. Well, you know, it's funny. It, it's fun, of course, like to talk about all this stuff. But, you know, you hear all these different theories. Like today we're talking about birth order. but And I think it correlates so much to personality, which is quite why I'm saying this too. So you, you even talk about personality. So I mentioned the big five. You've also got, um, which is what's really popular right now, which is called the Enneagram, which is puts you on a number scale. And it talks about the other number that you would be most competitive com- compatible with then you've got like the myers-briggs which is like your entj inf mm-hmm. whatever combos like the 16 combo and then that gives you someone you're compatible with so i don't know it's interesting because there's a lot of a lot of ways to uh to look at it yeah i think it's a bunch of crap yeah i, I tend to <laughs> i tend to agree i mean i think it's fun i think there's definitely some facts in it right i get it i mean all everything you're saying makes sense right it's like if you're older you were the firstborn. Your parents have a lot more time. They're trying to be really careful. But, well, you know, a lot of people say, a lot of people say, like, yeah, my parents made mistakes with me that they didn't make with my siblings. Or, like, in the case of my brother, um, <clears throat> you, you think about resources. So, my parents got married very young, very young, and they had my brother right away, and so they didn't have much money. 
And so there just wasn't a lot of resources there. Well, by the time I came along 10 years later, they were much more established in their careers. Um, They had more resources to offer me. So is that birth order or is that a matter of just, you know, giving people time to kind of dig their heels in and, and, you know, offer more support to their kids that, that they wouldn't be able to offer previously? Well, and I, I do think that they're, you know, nature versus nurture, but I don't know that it's necessarily the order in which they are. I think it's the time and resources being able to be allotted That's it. to them. Yeah. So, you know, if every child, you know, if you had children over 20 years and they were all five years apart, you would have a lot more resources to be able to add to each child. I also think that, you know, some of the stuff I could see for it playing out, like middle children being peacekeepers, but I've definitely, you know, met middle children that are not peacekeepers they're like shit stirs and so you know they'll they'll mess with the old one and then they mess with the little one and then they mess with the parents and you know i think that it's an interesting theory and of course with all theories the way that they're believable is that a large part of them could be true right that's how conspiracy theories work too this is not a conspiracy theory but (laughs) that's how conspiracy theories work right like you can say something that's off the wall and but i can convince you that it's true Mm. because there's elements to it that seem to be true, or maybe even i identify with it a little bit yes to think that like you know that your birth order dictates the personality not i'm i'm a bit i agree with you on this one where it's just kind of like the resources given to them um someone who has five children under five is probably going to have five wild children yeah and that's just simply the first one is probably not going to have it together (laughs) like you know because their mom wasn't able to give them all the resources where if they had five children under 15. Yeah. But there's other rich experiences that, that come with having four siblings too. I mean, I think it's all that's, I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. It's just kind of like, you know, your lot in life. Like what, what, what is your different constellation of circumstances surrounding at this point, you know, your childhood. And then as you grow into an adult. Well, and I think what I mostly was trying to also get to is when I was having children, I didn't want to have a quote unquote middle child. I didn't want to have a middle child. I didn't want to have a middle child because, you know, whatever the middle child. But when I started reading all this, I was like, eh, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal to have a middle child. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because um, we really thought we would just have one kid for the longest time. We thought that's all we wanted. And um, one of the things that Uh, that is kind of like the elephant in the room when you have one kid is like oh well you don't want an only child do you i mean they're spoiled they're loud you think about that girl from willy wonka in the chocolate factory you know it's like i want a one daddy you know like that but that's all to me that's all about parenting and then a lot of people say well wouldn't you want them to have a sibling so that they can have a uh, you know a, a good relationship look just because you have a sibling doesn't mean you're going to have a great relationship with them. So I think a lot of these things, unfortunately, become kind of a stereotype. And I wouldn't let those things deter you on birth order or spacing your kids or how many kids. Because to your point, you didn't want a middle child. And then I thought, well, I don't want an only child. Um, I I kind of gotten over that. But, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, is don't base it you just got to look at these things in perspective too because you know a lot of these are just people having opinions which they have opinions about everything and there's great things to all of them you know only children tend to do very well academically and tend to have closeness with their families and because they're only children i mean there's 
yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think that there's any part of your decision that really should be thinking about birth order and what their personalities will be because their personalities will be what the environment and genetically they are. And also so, your and in your parenting a lot goes a long yeah, way in the environment. The, yes, yeah. and the time that you you put into them and you know all of that. It's it's all kind of it's all just like a one piece of the pie that is your kid. And so you there have you more control than than I think that theories kind of want you to think sometimes. Well, and so there you go, listeners. We are advising you all to have 10 children. Go forth and multiply. Be free. Continue. Or have one. Or none, none at all. But oh, yeah, we're so you're not going to probably not listening to this podcast if you have zero children. Maybe you are. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we hope today was helpful. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to give us feedback, provide topic suggestions, or just tell us your own funny stories, reach out to us at slightlycrunchymomcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. We post weekly reminders of new episodes and some funny stuff just to give you a little laugh at slightlycrunchymomcast. Or even better, you can buy us a beer. You know we like to drink except for in September. But don't worry. If you buy them, I'll save them. So I'll take them to Pound Town in October. You can donate <laughs> via God, no. buymeacopy.com slash slightly crunchy. As you might have heard, my oh-so-talented husband just might write you a custom song. And he's the oldest, so you know it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be great. It's going to be overachieving. <laughs> Until next week. Bye. Bye.